In a world with too much pop culture to consume, one woman and one man will argue about it until they get bored. It's an epic battle between obsession and indifference, and the winner will determine, well, very little actually, Emily Jones and Eric Johnson star in Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob. Whoever wins, we're still losers. Welcome to Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob, the podcast where we argue about something one of us is totally obsessed with. And the other has never even seen. I'm Emily Jones. And I'm Eric Johnson. If this is your first time listening, you can find more Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob at gvnpodcast.com. And you can find all of our past episodes on iTunes and Google Play. For part two of our special on stop-motion holiday classics, we are watching 1970's Santa Claus is Coming to Town. It's one of many TV movies from Rankin and Bass, who also brought us the far more famous Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, as well as Jack Frost, The Year Without Santa Claus, and the animated Frosty the Snowman. Which is weird, because like, Frosty was like 2D, but whatever. Uh, well, no, this that's one... what, yeah, that's why I said animated, and I realized this is animation too, because it's stop-motion. But yeah, no, Frosty the Snowman is like is like traditional 2d animation yeah and i never think of rusty as being from the same people but as it's Rudolph, the same but well and the thing is. is if you look at if you watch like if you look at it and especially pay attention to like the the humans in it like you can tell that it's the same animation like you it's there's this, yeah. the same like the same sort of aesthetic the, the way they kind of, in. like, the goofy expressions they make or things exactly. like that. Exactly. Yeah, the expressions yeah. on their faces look exactly like the humans in <laughs> the stop-motion ones. Yeah. Funny. There's also a there's also an Easter one that I think is also 2D animation. If I yeah, remember I correctly, there's one. an Easter bunny thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, I'm pretty sure I've seen that one. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so today we're watching Santa Claus is Coming to Town. This one tells the story of Chris Kringle's efforts to deliver toys to children and how he ended up becoming the Santa Claus we know today. Ooh, origin story. All right. It is. It's a Santa origin story. It covers just about all of the Santa mythology, but I have never seen it. Which, again, is surprising to me because this is really on television all the time every Christmas. There's um, a although, chance I've seen, like, five minutes of it at some point because when you mentioned this, I was like, oh, is this the one that has, like, a postman or something like that? Yes, uh, there is a mailman. A mailman. So, so, so I feel like I'm peripherally aware of it but yeah i'm pretty sure i've never seen the whole thing definitely not the whole thing well and the thing is like they're these things are all on tv like on a rotating basis throughout christmas and like sometimes you don't know which one you've dropped into in the middle and i will also say um that like unlike (laughs) unlike you with nightmare before christmas like i'm not actually promoting this as like (laughs) <laughs> this is such a great movie. Like, this is the best Christmas movie ever made. It's, if you've seen Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, like, you know how corny and cheesy these things are. Like, it's <laughs> it's cheesy as hell. And, I just and Rudolph is really weird. So I'm kind of looking yeah. forward to seeing how, how, how weird this one gets. I just think it's, I just think it's, like, really delightful cheesy. Like, it's just, it's super fun. I don't know. I really love it. And I All also right. will say that this is my favorite Rankin and Bass thing, but it does not have the best musical number from a Rankin and Bass that that goes to the year without Santa Claus, which I do not like. Like, the, <laughs> I don't like the overall thing. Um, so I'm not recommending that you watch it. But like, it's not really Christmas without at least one watch of the Heat Miser Snow Miser song, which is from the year without Santa Claus. Okay. Um, so I strongly recommend that you watch just that song, which is probably on YouTube. 
Okay, well, but that I has nothing do that. to do with this movie. But but first, let, let's watch this movie and let's <laughs> yes, talk about it after the break. Do let's. Uh, yeah, so this is on Amazon to rent. Um, I think it's a five ninety nine rental. I don't know why it's more than rentals usually are on Amazon. But anyway, you can rent it on Amazon. Um, also, if you have cable. As I mentioned, these things are on TV constantly. Uh, so Freeform is playing this movie several times in the week before Christmas, including on Christmas Day. Uh, and so, if you're like me and you don't watch a ton of uh, live TV, Freeform is what used to be known as ABC Family yes, until they changed it because who knows why. Who knows why. But Freeform is is continuing to do the 25 days of Christmas that ABC Family has always done. So yeah, yeah. they're playing this. they're playing this like four or five times the week leading into christmas so you can catch it on tv at some point yes <laughs> all Enjoy. right so let's go so how, let's go uh watch uh santa let's claus is coming to town find out where santa came from you better watch out you better not cry you better not pout. i'm telling you why santa claus is coming to town He's making a list and checking it twice. He's going to find out who's not nice. Santa Claus is coming to town. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good. So be good for goodness sake. Oh, you better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. And we're back. We just watched the 1970 Rankin-Bass claymation classic, Uh, Santa Santa Claus is Coming to Town, uh, with Fred Astaire and Mickey Rooney. This is a uh, star-studded, I was was bigger names than I was expecting for this this. Yeah, uh, I opted not to tell you that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and also Paul Freese, who was in like a bunch of like random Disney stuff. I just know that yeah. name from yeah, and a bunch of this of he's in like all the Rankin and Bass things too. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm, I mean, all the voice actors they they hop yeah. around for for everything. Anyway, um, so we're gonna get to what I thought of this in a minute. But first, Emily, why do you love Santa Claus is coming to town? All right, I'm gonna start with a disclaimer. Um, <laughs> because so we watched the full version of this movie rented on Amazon. Um, and going into this offline, I had promised to Eric that, uh, this did not have quite as much of a, something he hates a lot about musicals, which is like filler nonsense songs that don't matter. Um, and also doesn't have like the weird, terrible songs that like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer has like some good songs, but also some like, seriously, why is this a fucking song? Songs. (laughs) And I was like, oh, I'm, I promise you, like, this one is more concise and it doesn't have that shit, whatever. Okay. So it turns out that the reason that I believe that to be true is because I have only ever watched this on television and television <laughs> cuts out two songs. Um, and based on the songs that I fully straight up don't recognize and have never heard in my life, <laughs> my educated guess is that the songs that it cuts out are the creepy one about sitting on Santa's lap. And yeah. the lame, pointless one that the school teacher sings about, like, <laughs> how she's in love or whatever. And it's, whatever. like, weird and trippy with, like, strange animation happening. Like, I, I think all I wrote down for that was, like, okay, what drugs were they on when they <laughs> right? made this one? Yeah. I no. want some. So I've literally never seen or heard that in my entire life. Really? Yes. <laughs> because that gets cut on television. 
Um, <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, because they're both weird and terrible. So I'm yeah. sorry about those songs. They were new <laughs> to me, too. I, and it's clear why ABC Family slash Freeform cuts them now. Yeah. Um, so advice to listeners. Um, if you didn't listen to us before when we told you to listen to what, go watch the show before you listen to the second half of the podcast and you yeah. decided to barrel on. Um, just so you know, you should try to watch it when it's on TV the week before Christmas and not <laughs> rent it from Amazon or fast forward through those songs. Cause they're weird as hell. Yeah. Uh, Although anyway. I know I will, I will say though, I will say that Jessica's trippy drug trip song. I was like, I, I at least it was like different. It, it was, I, I was sort of, um, I didn't enjoy it, but I, I thought I thought it was it was interesting. <laughs> yeah. So the only songs that I remember from this movie are the like if you had asked me what songs are in this movie, I would have yeah. said literally it's only Santa Claus is coming to town and the one foot in front of the other song. Really? That's what I would have told you from memory. <laughs> as soon as they started singing the first Toy Maker to the King song, I was like, oh yeah, this okay, yeah, sure, I remember this song exists. Fully forgot. And the Burgermeister has his reprise of that. Yes, and exactly, then, yeah, which is cute. Yeah. Also, I will say another thing that I found out looking up whether these songs that were unfamiliar to me, uh, I found out that um, they also because I all I, I I couldn't have told you this, but I believe it. Um, the scene where he burns the toys. Yeah. is also not usually on TV. And I actually kind of liked that. I was like, oh, yeah. wow, shit's getting dark. Okay. <laughs> Hello, movie. Like, solid. Anyway, back to what I actually like about this movie, though. Um, that was I, a long disclaimer. I know. <laughs> but I just feel the need to defend myself, because, like, I promised you that that shit wasn't going to be in this movie, and it was, and it's not my fault, because I didn't know it existed. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, obviously, this movie is very silly and corny and extremely saccharine. Um, but I mean, first of all, it's Fred Astaire, who I love. Um, mm. and also, um, I, I'm going to do, I'm going to do the thing where I pick something very specific. I love the Burgermeister. I think he's hilarious. <laughs> like the Burgermeister is super funny. And like, I remember me and my brother like used to like do the Burgermeister voice and like joke about the Burgermeister when we were cause like the Burgermeister is just like a really very silly, funny type of villain. Like I... I just get a kick out of him. I think he's delightful. I think every word that comes out of his mouth is just, like, so silly and hilarious. Well, a toy? As I suspected, I hate toys. And toys hate me. Either they are going or I am going. And I am certainly not going. <laughs> so that's that's my big thing, I think, is the Burgermeister. Yeah, I would say the Burgermeister was easily my favorite character in this. I think he's just a very classic cartoony character. But I did take a lot of notes on there's there's a lot of like uh I mean even though this is 1970, very very much echoes of world wars uh in this. I mean, you have the Burgermeister who's obviously supposed to be German with his lederhosen and yeah. his medals, including and a medal that he wears Eastern on his Europe sick gown and his vaguely Eastern European accent. Yeah, no, I think it's definitely supposed to be German. I mean, the accents were terrible. We can just say that. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Like, I don't know Uh, what was going on with Tonta Kringle, who was like trying to sound like some sort of like. Uh, like what a Nordic that? Nordic accent that kept slipping into <laughs> Irish. Like, I, that was terrible. <laughs> Bizarre. Um, and then you also have uh, uh, Burgermeister's, like, soldiers all have the pointy World War One German helmets. Uh, so, I, you know, I think, I think it's indisputable that he is supposed to be sort of a, yeah. a uh, 
cartoon version of maybe maybe just Germany in general, maybe Nazis specifically, and the burning toys in the public place tends to lead lead in a bit more in the second. So I yeah. took a lot of notes on just like, wow, this is, uh, you know, I wonder how much of this kid's got. <laughs> um because yeah, like, like yeah. Saying, I mean, I wasn't really aware of that stuff when I was a child watching it. Obviously, I'm aware of it now, but yeah. <laughs> when I was and a little I'd kid, I made the connection with with the helmets and all of that. Then later on, the scene where they're like the they're like looking for the toys in the house and they're hidden in the stockings. I was kind of like, man, this is this is kind of a little little bit holocausty. Well, yeah, just a little bit. It's intense. It's a little intense. <laughs> um, yeah. So, but anyway, I, well, I don't that was think one of the notes that I took. I was like, imagine watching this as a kid. Like, right. It, you what you wouldn't understand. Yeah, what exactly they're going for there well, necessarily. You wouldn't, you wouldn't understand the reference, but I meant like like if you were a kid watching this, especially the scene where they start burning the toys, like yeah. that would feel that feels like so like dark and terrible, like from totally. a kid perspective. Um yeah, no, abs- absolutely. And I, I I feel like yeah, the 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 show this is just something that Rudolph completely fails to, which is, you know, the classic Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer, which everyone has seen, has a character who's very similar to the Winter Warlock, who's the abominable snowman, who is this big scary big bad who then winds up being an old softy and winds up being a good guy. I mean it's basically the same arc there. But then after that, Rudolph doesn't really have a villain per se. I mean, they've got the reindeer who are bullies, and then you have the fog. Um but there's yeah, no you're like right. There's no actual like villain to overcome in Rudolph, and that's something that I feel like this this if you compare those these two works, even though Rudolph being the more famous one, I think this one wins in that regard of like, hey, there's actually some stakes here, you know. And that was my point. Like, <laughs> that yeah. was basically my whole point of of having us watch this. Because as I said in the intro, like, I'm not actually going to try to argue that this is a good movie. I recognize right. that like it's it's kind of terrible, but like delightful in a corny way. And I just think way better than Rudolph. And like everybody loves Rudolph and like you can easily buy like stuffed animals of all of those characters and all this kind of stuff but I'm just oh, like yeah. this is so much better like this is such a better special you know I, well I, I'm not I sure think. if I'll go that far I will I will say that in the villain department definitely better <laughs> 100% agree there um this is a really really weird show <laughs> this, this <laughs> yeah is, I mean I didn't I didn't expect anything less from Rankin Bass but like uh boy uh where to start <laughs> okay so we already went over all the Germany stuff um, the Kringle family, thank God we don't spend more than a couple scenes with the Kringle family, because that's like a family of just Papa Smurf chipmunks. They, they're all just coming out. What is it, Dingle? It's a baby, Zingle. A baby what, Wingle? A baby, baby, Kingle. I like babies, Dingle. Our babies, the best baby of them all, Wingle. All of us have equally annoying voices, but they're all somehow different. <laughs> Oh my god, that 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 whole scene just grated on me in the yeah. worst way. I was I was so glad we didn't have to spend very much time with those characters. They're annoying <laughs> and they're also like really terrible business people. Like if you yeah. have no market for the toys that you make, like maybe you should enter a different line of work. Maybe try agriculture. It seems, it seems like there's. I mean, you know, it's cold, so like agriculture might not be the most practical because like everything seems to be blanketed in snow at all times. But like you snow could cheese. try making it. You could try diversifying your products. Yeah, exactly. Just a thought. Um, so okay, so so that that, that was I, that graded me, and then I but I, we didn't have to spend much time with them, so whatever. Um, there's a penguin for some reason. Oh, just, just just I like the penguin because I have a penguin obsession. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm like I've always been really into penguins since I was a little kid, so like I'm sure that's part of why this whole thing appeals to me too. Like, yeah, no, 
I like the penguin. His, <laughs> his little honking voice is super annoying, but he's cute. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, the penguin is cute. They, if it were on mute, I think it would have enjoyed Topper the Penguin more. Because, yeah, the, the actual design of the penguin is very cute. And he has a little scarf, which is like a, 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 a Hufflepuff scarf. And <laughs> All of the animals are so adorable. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're ridiculously cute. And they're there for no reason at all, except to just be cute little animals doing cute things. Like, I love yeah. them. Also, also points to the careers of the show for, for the uh, the Rudolph callback, where, where the, yeah. the, kid, the kids who Fred Astaire is talking to are like, oh, and also, nope, nope, not allowed to talk about him. That's, <laughs> That's a different is, holiday this, special. This is a prequel, kid. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, so there's that. Um and then yeah, we so let's let's talk about the song that you didn't know existed about pain Santa and kisses for his toys. Yeah, um, that is sketchy as hell. <laughs> Sit on my lap and pay me with a kiss. Like no, especially the way they phrased it. It's like you know, a kiss a toy is the price you pay. Like no one says the price you pay unless they like are menacing. Like it's just so weird. It's so bad, and especially because it's about like. It's a. It's not just that you have to kiss Santa to get the toy. It's also like for sitting on his lap. Yeah. Like it's a specifically about sitting on Santa's. Lap. No, that song is weird as hell. Like yeah. I am really glad that I didn't know it existed, and like I'm glad that they don't play that on TV because like that song should not be in the universe. You have plausible deniability here. It just yeah. needs to go away. <laughs> yes, I've tr- I've I've turned my back so I can have deniability. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. Um. Hamilton reference. Another thing. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, another thing. Um, okay. This is, I, th- I think this is not specific to this Rankin Bass special, but the eyes in this, this movie <laughs> oh, or show. I know they don't have pupils. Jesus Christ, they're so creepy. And they change size. <laughs> there was a scene where I think Chris Kringle is talking to the Winter Warlock and his eyes grow <laughs> yeah. five times. And I was like, what the hell? We watched Nightmare Before Christmas yesterday and nothing in that movie was as scary <laughs> as Chris Kringle's eyes suddenly exploding in size. I thought this was going without to be Without pupils. The... <laughs> Again, without pupils. So creepy. So... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just laughing here because you're totally right. It's super creepy and weird. It's- like, I, God, man, that, that that was like the freakiest shit. Um, yeah. Well, and you definitely can't say, as we both said of Nightmare Before Christmas, which, to, to be fair, was made 23 years after this. Uh, you certainly could not call any of this animation elegant. No, it's it's very janky at times. It's yeah, very much made I mean, a 1993 TV. version of this would have been able to make Fred Astaire actually tap dance like Fred Astaire tap dance, <laughs> not like not just this. kind of flail around. And, yeah, <laughs> just kind of pirouette in the air very slowly. Yeah, yeah, and then the one foot in front of another song, Chris Kringle is like just like floating because I, I yeah. guess it's probably cheaper than making him move. <laughs> also, um. So I was, if you had asked me to describe the plot of this or like the point of that Mm. song, I had no memory that that song was a metaphor. I (laughs) really thought that the winter warlock, like similar to the, the Bumble Snow Monster who like is grumpy because he has a toothache. I forgot his name. Yeah. That's what uh, Cornelius calls him. Yeah. yeah, Because he like Cornelius struggles with words so he can't say abominable. Anyway. um, So I thought similar to how his whole deal is, isn't it that he has a toothache? And, like, that's yeah, why he's so angry. Yep. I, If you had asked me, like, I would have told you that the Winter Warlock is super grumpy and, like, defends his domain because he can't leave it because he can't walk. And Chris Kringle teaches him <laughs> how to walk. And, like, then he becomes happy. Like, that is my memory of the plot of this movie. I did not realize that it was, like, 
um like a metaphor song about like small steps toward being a better person. Like I, I how to walk? That at all. Step one, walk. Step two, <laughs> keep walking. <laughs> Seriously, I I thought he was literally teaching him how to walk because he kind of looks like that too. Like he stumbles, like he doesn't know how to walk. Like so, that to me is the plot of the movie in my head. Um, and I don't know. I think that's better personally. <laughs> <laughs> just like it's okay you can choose yeah. to be nice yeah so, so do i also while we're uh, while we're just poking yeah. holes in this thing which again i love because i think it's silly <laughs> but also have to like laugh at its ridiculousness um, absolutely yeah yeah they never actually explain why the winter warlock loses his magic yeah no he's just put in jail and he doesn't have magic except for exactly the stuff he needs to get them out <laughs> yeah well but even before that he says like alas i've been disenchanted i have no more powers i can't even do card tricks i again it's unexplained i assume that it is something similar to um the witch in into the woods uh which i know you've seen the movie they don't really explain this that well in the movie yeah i don't remember Um, at all but she spends so the witch spends the whole first act sending the baker and his wife on this wild goose chase to get ingredients um for a potion that will make her beautiful again. Cause she used to be beautiful, but then the baker's dad stole her beans and it made her ugly. Mm-hmm. Um, so then when she becomes beautiful in the second act, like she didn't realize that a side effect of that was losing her powers. So she's like <laughs> not a witch anymore. So I, I guess, again, I think this is something I filled in, in my head, <laughs> assuming that the winter warlock, like doesn't have magic anymore because like, warlocks are supposed to be evil and he stopped being evil so like the warlock the other warlocks took away his magic or something that uh. that's the explanation that that happens in my head that i noticed today for the first time doesn't actually happen in the movie like they never <laughs> explain it they're just like oh i don't yeah, have magic anymore sorry guys all i have are these like flying Plot, reindeer you know. <laughs> reindeer corn it is yeah i think ultimately what this is what this movie is is like Proof that it's not a great idea to base a plot on explaining a bunch of random mythological ephemera. Oh yeah, I, I wrote that that's down what also this is. to start. All it is is just like a plot stringing together like like weird excuses for Santa myths. That's the whole thing. <laughs> that said, I would love to see the dark and gritty Christopher Nolan Santa Claus begins. You know, kind of like <laughs> you know how Santa Santa goes off and trains with Liam Neeson to learn how to be a better Kringle. You yes, know? to learn how to make toys and also fight on ice. I would love to see that. Anyway, uh, I will say though, Fred Astaire's character opening someone else's mail is a felony, Fred. So that's not cool. Like you're opening all these kids' mail to, to Santa. Like, come on, little privacy here. <laughs> I mean, to be fair spoilers any children who might be listening and i don't know why you would be because uh because this podcast is marked explicit but parents of any children that might be listening we're about to talk about the thing so the the christmas thing (laughs) so you might want to tune out if your kids are of a certain age when I'm pretty sure a lot of people open a lot of mail that is sent to Santa through various like <laughs> donation charity donation programs and stuff, um, yeah, because no, like like that's what happens to the mail that gets sent to Santa. Yeah. In general, <laughs> is that like strangers and like postal workers open it and you know sometimes donate things. There's a whole episode of Thirty Rock about it. Um, anyway. Yeah, no. Uh, Fred Astaire probably shouldn't do that as a mailman. That's true. <laughs> but it's Fred Astaire. He's charming yeah, and delightful. No, he, he, was, he was great. He, 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 was, he was a good narrator, and, you know, he did a good good job of covering the uh, the classic song. 
Um, yeah, it is kind of interesting the fact that seeing this for the first time as an adult, I can see uh, the strings, so to speak, kind of <laughs> the, the the formula, how this is like the same formula as Rudolph, where basically they took the one popular song and they basically then had added 15 minutes of story and they stretched 15 minutes of story into 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. And this is literally, it's just like every little random thing about Santa, like he has yeah. a beard. He wears a red <laughs> coat. I wonder why. It's like, it's why does he wear a red tradi- coat? Well, someone gave him a red coat once. Oh, okay, <laughs> that's why. Thank you. <laughs> Although I do, I have to say, um, the, I think the explanation for why he has a beard is much better. Like, yes, it the is. The explanation that's for the red coat good. is like, oh, we got a red coat as a gift. But the beard is like, he was a dangerous outlaw and had to disguise his identity. Like, that's kind of fun. Yeah, I like the idea of fun. outlaw yeah. Santa. And that, that plays off of what we were saying earlier with Burgermeister, Meisterburger, and, or Meister, which one comes it's, first? It's Burgermeister, Meisterburger. Okay. That's good. another thing. Uh, another thing that, that I, like, misinterpreted or have, like, changed in my mind <laughs> from this. <laughs> I don't think of that as his name. Like, and at the very beginning, they say, like, he's the, the mayor who is Burgermeister, Meisterburger. Uh-huh. I've always thought of that as his title. Like, for some reason, the name of the, <laughs> the leader of this town or the monarch of this world or whatever is the Burgermeister. Like, what a great, like, <laughs> sinister name is that for some sort of, like, nefarious leader of a, of a citizenry. The Burgermeister. Rankin Bass scooped that one up and got the trademark before McDonald's could, right. yeah. <laughs> Instead of uh, Mayor McCheese, isn't that the name of the mayor? I think so, Yeah. <laughs> Um, apropos of nothing, I yeah. also feel weirdly like the movie Elf is like maybe a little bit inspired by this. It starts out with a really yeah. similar premise. Yeah. There's, there are like, and obviously the, the more obvious visual reference in Elf is to Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer with the, sure. um, the, the snowman, snowman the who looks just yeah. like the Rudolph snowman. Uh, but there but, is a penguin in the cre- opening credits for Elf. There's a little claymation penguin right. in that. And there's all of those like claymation North Pole animals. Just like he plays with as a kid. And just the whole idea of, like, a human baby ends up with the elves, you know, being raised by elves and stuff. Like, I don't know. that's good. I think. And then then has to, like, teach a a grumpy dude the spirit of Christmas or whatever. Except that that's not what happens with the Burgermeister. He just dies. (laughs) Oops. And dies and has no children. Because why Um, would he have children? The transition from kid Chris Kringle to adult Chris Kringle was like you just took the same head and put it on a larger body. Like that 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 head does not belong to an adult. Can we talk about how much the kid one though looks like Ron Howard? Even yeah, though, yeah. I mean, it's voiced by Mickey Rooney and Ron. Ha- Although I think I, it could have been, vo- it should have been voiced by Ron Howard, arguably. Um, arguably, or maybe it, it, the the real thing to do would have been like mm. Lion King style have considering that this is 1970 <laughs> yeah. think about timeline and a- relative ages of the people the thing to do would be ha- would be to have ron howard voice young chris kringle and mm-hmm. uh and mickey rooney voice old chris kringle the way that the lion king yep. has jonathan taylor thomas and uh matthew broderick that's what i think oh, I forgot that was but matthew i don't think broderick. rankin and yeah. bass really had that kind of pull <laughs> At no, the time. no, they 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 just needed to get something on TV. I don't think they really were too obsessed with the the perfect voice casting necessarily. Yeah. Also, fun fact um, that I that I discovered looking things up about these movies, um, the Year Without Santa Claus, which we can discuss the one scene from the Year Without Santa Claus that we watched. Uh, but yes. Mickey Rooney also plays Santa in that, which I didn't realize. Yeah, I saw that when I looked that up too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, they, they what did you think of the roles. Heat Miser and the Snow Miser? 
We, we should say, since we discussed this offline, uh, that after you mentioned this song in the intro, this oh, was yeah. added to the assigned viewing. So if you haven't yet watched this, this is the song that Emily was talking about, the, the Snow Miser and the Heat Miser song, which is from a different Rankin and Bass Yeah, it's from uh, The Year Without special. Santa Claus, which is not a good Rankin. Like, this is a weird, corny movie that has its merits, but is ultimately ridiculous, but, like, kind of fun. <laughs> The Year Without Santa Claus, honestly, it's it's sort of terrible. I hate it a lot. There's, like, a long <laughs> montage of crying children to uh, the song. I think it's the song Blue Christmas, and I don't know if it's, like, I'll Have a Blue Christmas Without You. Um, yeah, And yeah. I don't know if it's actually. I know the Elvis version of that one. Yeah, I don't know if it's actually the Elvis version or if they use some kind of weird knockoff. I'm honestly unsure. Um, But, like, literally that plays over, like, a montage of children being sad because Santa's not coming because (laughs) Santa decides to... It's it's a weird and terrible movie, but it has the best song out of any Rankin and Bass special, in my humble (laughs) opinion, which is the Heat Miser and Snow Miser song that I had you watch. I'm Mr. White Christmas. I'm Mr. Snow. I'm Mr. Icicle. And below, friends call me Snow Miser. Whatever I touch turns to snow in my clutch. <laughs> I'm too much. <laughs> He's Mr. White Christmas. He's Mr. Snow. He's Mr. When the Snow Miser started going, at first I was like, "Uh oh, what is this?" But yeah, I can't, I can't deny it. Totally won me over. Just he, the the corny, like you know, uh, the corniness of him and his little little backup uh, singers and dancers and and all of that. I, I yeah, I, I agree. The, I it's, know it's, it's, it's the a little solid. mini versions of him. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it's super super silly, and the animation is not great, but it's a really catchy song, no. and. It's a really catchy song, and, like, I just love the little, like, chorus line of dancing mini (laughs) versions of each of them. Like, it's so great. I don't... Well, I, I think my favorite thing, though, was I think it was in the Heat Miser part where um, the Heat Miser is going on and just cuts to Mrs. Claus and these elves, I guess. And they're just, like, completely stone-faced. Just like, <laughs> yep, this is happening. Just got to <laughs> let it, let him do his thing, and then we can talk. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I don't remember why. Like, I'm pretty sure that Mrs. Claus and those elves and that child are trying to convince Santa not to take the year off. Because Santa's taking the year off, I don't remember. I don't know why he's doing that. It's, <laughs> I, and I have no idea what the heat miser and snow miser are supposed to do. Have to do <laughs> with convincing Santa to Christmas again. The heat miser um, and snow miser have a very important role, which is leading into the next commercial break. Like they 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 are adding to the runtime. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny to watch something like this that's a made for TV um, without the commercial breaks and like. Obviously, yeah. that's true. Anytime you watch a TV show on, like, on Netflix or something, like, if you sure. watch a sitcom on Netflix, like, you can obviously tell when it cuts to commercial and, you know, the characters, like, repeat themselves when you come back so you really remember <laughs> what the setup was. But it's so much more striking in these TV movies where, like, Chris Kringle has been captured by the Winter Warlock and there's, like, a big crescendo of music and it zooms in on his face and it's like, No, I have you. And you'll never get away! (laughs) 
<laughs> fade to black. Yeah. Because there's a fade commercial break. In. And then it's back. Hello. Yeah. No, I think um, in Rudolph, there, there's a thing, basically an identical shot where they cut to commercial after like a dramatic super close up of, of Bumble, of the, of the abominable snowman just like roaring. It's like. Right. And then they resolve <laughs> yeah. it like not that long after when you get back from the commercial break, but you have to leave it. Have to leave exactly. it on a cliffhanger. Woo. Exactly. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, so over, overall, like, uh, I, I do, I do think I, I mostly agree with kind of your, your evaluation of this is like corny, fun, you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, I kind of wish I had, there's some stuff in this, including the giant freaky eyes and the annoying voices <laughs> and those two songs that are, yeah, really messed up. Yeah. Um, where it's like, uh, yeah, I kind of, kind of, kind of wish maybe I had seen this, seen a different version of this without those. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, unfortunately, I think that the the strange expanding eyes don't get cut out. Like they stay in it. That's too bad. But yeah, uh, no. But, but also, is... oh, af- oh, I know what I was gonna say. After the creepy Santa song about paying Santa with a kiss, he's then talking to Jessica, and he's like, "Okay, we'll just tell all the girls and boys to leave their doors unlocked, and they'll come at night." Yeah, and it's like oh. <laughs> they've clearly rethought that in more recent re-airings on television. Yeah, like, oh man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, this is sort of apropos of nothing, but I ha- I was struck by this thing um, just as hey, in our episode yesterday where I just kept being reminded of pop cultural things. Yeah. Um, when he first comes to town and he's in his red coat and everybody's like, oh, how can you wear that color? Oh, my God. How can you talk of toys? Like, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it really reminds me of um, the episode of Buffy where Cordelia wishes yeah, Buffy had yeah. never shown up. And then she, like, is in this alternate world where, like, the vampires, like, have taken over. And people keep saying, like, oh, my God, you're wearing those brightly colored clothes. How dare you? And, like, how we, why would you even joke about going to the bronze? Like, people are all horrified and she doesn't know yeah. what's up. It's, like, it feels very much like that. Yeah, it's, it's the, the fish out of water thing, but where the fish doesn't even know that it's in water. Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> or, or or out of whatever. Something. Um, something like that. But yeah, that's all I have on on this. Did you have any other notes that you took during this? No, I just, you know, then the ending is just like super sappy and corny. And I'm like, yep, I'm here for this. <laughs> Doesn't a smile on Christmas morning scratch out a tear crying on a Saturday? Not much, maybe. But what would happen if we all tried to be like Santa and learn to give as only he can give of ourselves, our talents, our love? and our hearts. Maybe if we could all learn Santa's beautiful lesson, maybe there would finally be peace on earth and goodwill toward man. Yeah, he's called Santa because he's he's nice, you know. Like, thanks for the ex- detailed explanation. He's called Santa because he's nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, they don't really explain that very well <laughs> at all. That, that's actually one thing. So obviously, Santa meaning saint. Like, there. I don't remember there being really any, like, explicit religiosity in Rudolph, but there's, like, a couple, like, a oh, references yeah. to, like, actual Christmas in this, where it's, like, you have Noah. They, they mentioned the Noah's Ark toy at one point, but there's also, they're talking about Christmas Eve, like, the holiest night, and they cut to the Which star of David. Not... <laughs> yeah, no, there is there is some, some overt religious stuff in it, yeah. for sure. Which was just kind of weird, because they didn't really do anything with it except just mention this name drop the wise men is like all right cool <laughs> yeah they name drop the wise men and talked about the yeah it's it's and it's that's the thing is it's like it's not it doesn't even matter in the right. story at all it's more of just like a christian cultural hegemony thing more yeah. than it is like actually any sort of religious movie like 
Exactly. It's not. It's, this is not a religious show it's at all. It's just an but... assumption, though, that like, oh, everyone yeah. celebrates Christmas, and everyone celebrates Christmas specifically in the religious sense. Obviously, <laughs> like, no. But no, really, they're, they're, they're balancing the scales. No, no, no. They have to have to have the the, the, the uh, traditionalist Christmas to balance out the LSD trip they put Jessica on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, That's it's... true. <laughs> also, um, I will say this, and this has this is, has to do with another Rankin and Bass thing. But just speaking of weird religiosity in Rankin and Bass, yeah. Um, they all they they also have a TV movie about the little drummer boy, okay. and like no, but the thing that's really weird is so the little drummer boy has always been a super weird thing to me. Like I've never understood why it exists because it like <laughs> inserts this character into the Christmas story. He's just this random thing that somebody made up for a song. Like, I don't know where the little drummer boy comes from to begin with, and then for yet another time. Rankin and Bass made a special about him where they took this one little song and added a minute of plot and then stretched it (laughs) into like a full thing. So there's this whole thing about like, he's like the apprentice for some sort of bell maker and like is supposed to deliver this like special fancy bell somewhere and like it gets broken. And I don't even remember what happens, but there's just a whole thing about a bell and he ends up playing the drum instead. And I don't even know what's going on with it, but it's just like, you took something that is already <laughs> like came out of nowhere. Like I, who even knows who came up with a little drummer boy. And then you made up a bunch of random extraneous crap to the random extraneous crap. And it's just like, why? <laughs> why? In case, in case you're curious, Wikipedia says that Catherine Kennicott Davis came up with the little drummer boy in 1941, became famous when the trap family singers recorded a, uh, recorded oh. the song and put it out on, on the record. Oh, as in as in the family from the movie that you've never seen. But I know, I yeah, I know, I know. Sound of music. <laughs> um, someday, someday we'll watch that. Yeah. Anyway, um, I think anyway. that's all I've got about this and Rankin and Bass nonsense <laughs> in general. <laughs> yeah. So, so I mean, like, have you seen like all like I've never seen like the Jack Frost one. Or, oh yeah, or... I've seen Jack Frost. Oh, yeah. you know what I haven't seen that's Rankin and Bass that I just discovered looking stuff up is that they did the Hobbit. That old animated yeah, Hobbit. Yeah, yeah. I haven't I seen that either. I didn't know that was them. Yeah. But no, I but yeah, no, I've seen I've seen Jack Frost. Um, it's weird. Yeah. I I, th- I feel like Jack Frost also gets imprisoned in a castle at some point. <laughs> it's probably the same castle actually, because like <laughs> they reused the prop. I assume. <laughs> I don't know. I've only I haven't seen Jack Frost since I was a kid. Like I don't remember it that well. But he yeah, kind of wondering... looks like the Snow Miser, but he flies. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was wondering if they were uh, reusing the um, uh, when we the, the, for the snow miser heat miser video. Yeah, if they were reusing like the model for his head along with like the uh, the winter warlock. Like I don't know, there's kind of a generic like a, a different types of ranking best characters. There's long no long pointy nose. There's big fat head like Burgermeister there, which is also is, is definitely the same model as the the head elf from the workshop in Rudolph. It's definitely the same. Oh model. yeah, totally. Um, yeah, no, I I'm pretty know. sure the like the only person who ever got like a custom made thing was Fred Astaire because they yeah. made that like that actually looks not unlike sort of looks like a character of Fred Astaire. But no, yeah. for the most part it's like all the same stuff and those are totally all the same little animals like Oh totally. Yeah. All no, those reindeer. Rudolph and, they were yeah. all extras. I'm pretty sure the reindeer in this were like Rudolph's parents. Yep. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> I mean, anyway. would you make all new models if you were turning out a stop motion animation Christmas special every year or so? 
No, but I also wouldn't write a song about sitting on Santa's lap and kissing him. But you know, there's no, a lot of things. Yeah, well, <laughs> we've we've uh, we've evolved as a society and maybe have some yeah. slightly better judgment now. Maybe one hopes. One hopes. Anyway, on that note, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Emily, and uh, yeah, thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in for this, uh, this fun uh, two-part special here. Um, I guess, yeah, if you, if you missed yesterday's, we talked about Nightmare Before Christmas, that was also fun. So, uh, we'll be back sometime next year, I'm trying to think of, I guess we haven't really talked about when, so sometime. Sometime in the year. future, sometime in the new year. Yeah. Um, until then, Emily, where else can we find you on the internet? I am on Twitter at EJ Reports. And I'm on Twitter at HeyHeyESJ. Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, etc., etc. Merry Christmas <laughs> to all and to all a good night. We'll see you in 2017. This has been Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob. For more, visit GVNPodcast.com. Santa Claus is coming. Santa Claus is coming.